Good morning. Good morning. It is Saturday morning. And the sun is shining. It's a very beautiful day outside. But it does feel weird to... Just a few days after Russia's attack on Ukraine to sit here and talk about seemingly unrelated topics. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird times. Yeah, I guess we'll just, I mean, as we've talked about before a lot, it feels like there's no way for us to have any agency in it. No. So it's just an odd time and we'll have to kind of do what we can to keep living a normal life anyways. And there are some things we can do. I guess we'll put a donation link in the description. Yes. Um, transition, awkward transition now into our topic, which I'm really, really excited about. We've had this topic on the list since the beginning. Again, prompted by a Jubilee video. Do you so, remember? No. Yeah, I'm quite sure it was like, uh, do all feminists think the same? Or like, is plastic? do all pe- people with plastic surgery really? think the same or something? Yeah, I'm quite sure um, that we had this discussion. Choice feminism was the discussion. And mm-hmm. kind of, in the 21st century, how do we deal with having so many choices seemingly, but then still living in an unequal society? Mm-hmm. How do we navigate that? How to navigate our feminist stance in a capitalist city? city in a capitalist city too but capitalist <laughs> system which is intrinsically unfeminist I don't remember that um, Jubilee video but I remember one day where I was telling you that I had been having like a bad day wasn't really feeling myself and then I felt like the need to to put on lipstick mm-hmm. and that just gave me an instant confident boost because you're being looked at on the street mm-hmm. and I I felt bad for doing that, for needing to mm-hmm. do that. It um, always comes with a grain of shame, exactly. that little confidence boost. So is that shame, do we need to feel shame? Why am I feeling shame? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to put on lipstick in the first place if I'm not feeling myself? Yeah. And there were several such in- instances, I guess. Yeah, and I, I really resonate with that. I have a similar kind of thing. Well, really, it's the flip side of that. I cut my hair very short last summer. Um, like, super duper short pixie. Like, little schoolboy haircut. Um, nice and boy. I kind of felt proud over making that decision. Mm. Because it felt so feminist. Mm. Just the... Mm the action of actually cutting your hair that mm. short mm. and that gave me a confidence boost the kind of lack of shame mm. that I would feel for being feminine you know yeah and then again that re- retaliates almost into wanting to kind of um weigh up yeah that feminine femininity by wearing more makeup like before I cut my hair I would never really wear makeup but since I cut my hair I rarely go out to the house Mm. without makeup. Mm. Mm. And that I feel ashamed of as well. Like this, it's always this like push and pull Mm -hmm. situation, Mm -hmm. I think. Essentially, can you be, do you have to be this radical oppositional force to be feminist? Do you have to Mm. oppose the capitalist urges all the time and media telling you to to buy this in this beauty product and to portray yourself like this on social media 
Yeah, or is it okay to do it because that's just a system yeah. and we shouldn't be, again, consumer blaming? Yeah, it feels like such a, a, like an old way to be feminist almost, to have to be so radical all the time. Mm-hmm. It feels like a third way. Second habit. wave. Second wave even, maybe. I don't know. Um, but it feels like something people did in this 20th century. Sorry. Coffee break. <laughs> um But I guess what we really need to uh, establish is the kind of fundamental debate within this. Like, Mm -hmm. let's put some words to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's this debate between going in in a direction that might, like, progress the debate and progress women's rights because we, like, show that we can be different, like, this radical kind of feminism. Mm -hmm. And then going in the other direction and... Um, saying that we'll, we have these rights, we should ex- exercise the rights mm-hmm. that we have, mm-hmm. so we should go in mm-hmm. all directions at once. You know, we could wear bikinis on TV and Instagram and sexualize ourselves mm-hmm. because that's also mm-hmm. an act of empowerment. And that's kind of the, the main point of the conversation. Is that an act of empowerment or do we make it seem like an act of empowerment exactly. to not feel bad? Because it's so easy to go with with the grain of society, kind of. Yes. To, like, lend yourself to the narrative of females mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. sexualized. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's happened throughout history several times, that there was this oppositional movement within the very issue itself, mm-hmm. within the very system. And, again, this we won't find an answer to this, but we going to be very interesting to see in a few years fifth six-wave feminism whether this within system approach mm. is going to lead us somewhere yeah and I kind of wanted to visualize this kind of battlefield within feminism mm-hmm. um if we could even call it a battlefield I don't know I wanted to visualize it as a kind of scale like, like a weighing scale if we were to have equal rights it would just be level like you could go in either way you want it could be more traditional or more radical mm-hmm. um, and it wouldn't make a difference but as is now right now because mm-hmm. we don't have equal rights fully like we still live in a patriarchal society and we feel like we have to get somewhere and what is the way to exactly get there? Um, it's tilted towards the traditional side so it's so much easier to go kind of downhill mm. than it is to go uphill and the question then becomes of choice feminism if we're in the middle and you have to decide where to go traditional, mm, mm, like mm. kind of easier routes, or to go uphill and kind of fight for it. Should we promote people to go uphill more than downhill? Mm. Because by people more being up here, the scale might shift this way and become equal with time. We need a YouTube account, obviously, because Lisa's <laughs> frantically moving no. her hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is where I like, you know... I might just take the soundbite from this and make an Instagram post. Yes, showing this like in some okay. kind of animation. I don't, I don't know. I'll draw it or something. And also the question, because we're being very opinionated already. We're <laughs> saying that going with the capitalist system is walking downwards and it's lazy. And it's, I think we have I'm not to discuss saying this it's lazy. I think that's one of the perspectives. It seems lazy. Yeah. I I think a very, very interesting discussion which is going on right now is Emily Ratajkowski's book of essays or her persona in general. She published a book last year, I think, which was called My Body. And it's a series of essays where, well, if you don't know who Emily Ratajkowski is, you don't need to know her. <laughs> um, she's this model 
she got really famous for appearing in Bloodlines with Robin Thicke, which oh, was yeah. this horrible degrading video exactly and she was 20 at the time and she was heavily criticized for being in that and like i think she's basically naked and she's done a lot of new shoots and all of her feminism basically is about reclaiming her own image um taking profiting from the very capitalist system that is pushing us women down Mm -hmm. and basically taking back the image and and that book is just a series of essays where she kind of delineates her her journey of feminism because she went through periods where because of um, public opinion she felt really bad about marketing herself Mm -hmm. naked and giving in to that male gaze and that's kind of the the grain of the issue again and I think the the aspect you bring up here about just actually making money off of off of your body is such an important thing. It's so easy to get stuck in the social aspect of it, mm-hmm. but we have to consider that so many women who are on that side of, you know, portraying themselves in the public eye, mm-hmm. like sexualizing themselves, they are doing that because they need to cover their asses, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like this yeah. dichotomy between covering your ass literally and covering your ass economically. <laughs> That's what she said. She was like, well, I was studying. She She's a lawyer. And she was saying that all of her friends were working in bars, in retail stores, in cafes, weren't getting shit money. And she was partaking in nude photo shoots and she was getting money mm-hmm. and labeled very unfeminist for that. So again... How can you be feminist in a capitalist society? And I listened to this very interesting podcast with BBC Women's Hour. Well, it was a BBC Women's Hour podcast. And I was so shocked at how the the BBC woman, how the interviewee dealt with Emily. She shamed her the whole way through. Oh my God. And basically saying, how dare she say she's a feminist if... That, she actually said, like, I was scrolling through your Instagram and I just keep seeing, like, naked pictures of yourself mm-hmm. licking a lollipop. Like, how can you publish a book about feminism, basically? Okay. Again, we feminists are very rude. I don't know why we keep I making these camps. Like, if you say that to a woman, how can you think this if you do this? That's, like, restricting her freedom as well. Like, exactly. that's not a very feminist thing to say mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. another woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. I know that you haven't um, read up on Emily, but um, how do you... Well, you know the video, Robin Thicke. Yeah. Do you think it's hypocritical? How, what's your stand on? Is it easy for her to now, as probably a millionaire, to say, oh, actually, this is the most feminist journey I've taken? She's yeah, having... The, I mean... Best of both worlds, basically. I think every woman should be able to take whichever path she wants and she can still be a feminist. I don't think there should be a conflict between the choices a woman makes Mm -hmm. and her ability Mm -hmm. to be a feminist. Mm -hmm. Well, unless her choices are restricting other women or like restricting the choices of women. Yeah. So I don't think that, but then she isn't operating like within a little snow globe. She she's in the real world even though she is just making money for herself the campaigns that she's doing are contributing to the image of women that is in itself progressing Mm -hmm. inequality really yeah it's feeding into the male gaze it's feeding into all these things that women are told every day that she they should be 
mm-hmm. um, this very narrow image of mm-hmm. femininity. Mm-hmm. And I think that is not feminist. But I guess, I think as of now, she's more famous for her feminism than mm-hmm. for her body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great thing. But then again, you know, not every woman has the opportunity to exactly. be as famous as her and make as much money as her because modeling is like the one industry or like there are a few industries women women make more than men but like I think they on average make like 75% more than men mm-hmm. as a model and it kind of says something about society that mm-hmm. that like showing off your body mm-hmm. is like the only way you can make more than a man I I agree and I think I think in an ideal world in an equal world as you said when it once it's leveled I would love for her to do all of this mm-hmm. and it could be feminist. Yeah. But right now we're not there yet. So I'm just questioning whether her professional career is like helping us to progress. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But then at the same time, to get to that ideal world, what is the best way? Because if everyone is going in like on the uphill battle, if we can mm, mm. use that metaphor again. Mm will that just become another ideal of feminism and then it won't be okay to sexualize yourself? Like, Which is already happening. Yeah, I, I kind of... Yeah, that's what kind of where we started mm-hmm. with us feeling like we are bad feminists for mm-hmm. wearing lipsticks. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I guess one approach is going with capitalism and the other one is going without it and opposing it. This is the whole issue of probably the 21st century. But can you even... <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Let me, let me, words. can we progress outside of the system? Do we have the tools to make change without using the system itself? And I think that's why such discussions like Emily's keep coming up because it's kind of this, for me, it's kind of this combination of the two forces of, first of all, everything you do is feminist. And second of all, the very system itself, the market forces encouraging you to buy beauty products and to feed into the male gaze and to be a model Mm -hmm. so everything is telling you to yes this is the right way yes you can still be feminist and you can still support capitalism yes I think in in a world where social media is so prevalent and I'm again gonna hone in on kind of the younger population who see these images on, on the media because honestly, there is an over-representation of these over-sexualized images. These very like, oh, I'm like empowering myself by being like, naked. naked on the beach. I feel like even though that is, there, there's probably speaking from their truth, the people who are posting those images and videos and taking back their, their sexual identity it's impacting so much more than just themselves. Mm-hmm. These young girls, they see these images online and they have, honestly, I would say like a distorted idea of what womanhood is. Mm. And well, I at least felt like growing up that you have to sexualize yourself in order to kind of be a woman almost. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have to have these grand ideas about everything that you're supposed to be, you know, body and beyond. Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of distorted idea about feminism or like about femininity, Mm -hmm. it's whatever it doesn't, it doesn't serve true freedom to express yourself. It's, it serves this, like in a capitalist patriarchal society, 
sexualization is such a double-edged thing like you you're praised for it but you're also shamed for it and I think like promoting these things on social media it being having such a big like audience it's not like age isn't an issue like these young girls they haven't sexually Mm -hmm. developed yet Mm -hmm. but from like 13 14 years Mm -hmm. old we're told that we're supposed to look like this and like sexualizing yourself when you're not sexually developed yet shouldn't be (laughs) it shouldn't be considered an act of reclaiming your power I think no because it's it's honestly just a symptom of this fucked up exactly that's what I wanted to say it's like a ticket of freedom within a system that does not allow you actual freedom yeah and it might seem like you're free because you're you're free to post that bikini picture and this sounds like we're blaming this no I think it's great when people are doing that but like I'm just questioning the wider impact Mm -hmm. and on the individual level I think it's great that people post those pictures like do that Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think it's so good. I would probably not have the courage myself to mm-hmm, do it, mm-hmm. but absolutely, like, go ahead. And I think that's just a symptom of neoliberalism, this heavy individualism that is um, encouraged by the capitalist system that it seems like we're in those snow globes, that we're free to do all of this. But again, first of all, what does it do for the greater good? Second of all, how does it affect other people? And third of all, I don't know. <laughs> I just had my third thing on that already. I don't know. It's so heavy. It's so hard to manage. Yeah. And the issue itself does not lay with those people that are posting the pictures. Mm-hmm. It's the whole set of values that is even urging them to post those pictures. Yeah. So I think the actual thing that should be changed and that we should be pushing our energy against is those this set of values instead of like saying oh this feminist camp is better than the other one Mm -hmm. but how do we even get to change those set of values how do we get to change beauty ideals yeah no exactly and have you noticed that throughout this whole podcast we have been talking about bodies like constantly we haven't been talking about anything else than just the woman body Mm -hmm. On one hand, it's a fundamental flaw because it situates choice feminism in this very constrained way, like in a very honestly binary way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like that's a whole other issue. But like, how can we progress in our societal perceptions of gender if we always talk about women's issues in terms of women's bodies, you know, or like female bodies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the difference and like the the patriarchal system is built binary mm-hmm. and it's built on mm-hmm. the biological differences mm-hmm. between men and women like yeah that is what has been taken advantage of mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it's just it's I cannot break away from that because mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally how we show up in the world and that's yeah. kind of the core yeah. issue of it all anyways but it's it's so weird it's one again another big flaw of the whole let's call it choice feminism trope is that it is all based in this very feminine, female, whatever, biologically female body. Mm-hmm. And that already excludes so many people. So again, by by saying, oh, I've got the choice to post these pictures, like it shows the immense privilege you have as an individual that is seen mm-hmm. a- as a woman by yeah. wider society. 
and you're feeding into that image and you're excluding all of the potential other images of bodies mm-hmm. of non-binary people and also on top of that you have such a different again playing field if you're a white good-looking woman yeah emily ratajkowski yeah emily ratajkowski i mean have you seen like her it pity, <laughs> like she's probably like a victoria's secret angel right? i think she is yeah yeah <sighs> i kind of wanted to say a point about victoria's secret oh can i Yes. Um, so I. Where is Victoria's Secret, by the way? Exactly. Where is exactly. Secret? God. So I listened to a podcast called The Hilo. It's two British women, Pandora Sykes and Dolly Alderton. Dolly Alderton wrote the book Everything I Know About Love, and then recently Ghosts. Förlåt Emilia, för får inte last. Allt jag vet om kärlek. I Swiss German method as well. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and they were talking about Victoria's Secret. So that podcast was from like 2020, I think, or 2019. And at that point, Victoria's Secret had, during the, the last year, dropped so much in their revenue. And they have like, so, I don't know if you knew, but 2019 was the last year, or maybe 2018 was the, the last year that the show was on. And that was such a huge thing. Like, even I remember, like, people were so worked up about the Victoria's Secret Angels I show. never watched it. No, I never watched it either. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> Again, um, we would feel shame yeah, if, we, I would, if we had said we'd watched it. Yeah. I felt like proud for saying that now, which shouldn't be the case. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, but they were talking about how Victor Secret, like, they got a new CEO because he had this, like, sexual harassment scandal, you know, the drill. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they have become more like an aspirational brand. They like um, took away the show and they've been using like transgender people as their models and everything, but it just doesn't fit with their brand. Mm. So they have been, their sales have just been like plummeting. I think our culture has moved towards another type of body positivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to call mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. body positivity, that's like mm. one type of body positivity. Yeah. And I... I think that's a feminist movement that all bodies are empowered bodies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all these new intimates like brands like Hard Label and uh, Lonely and all of these other brands which use like all sizes of model, all ages of models, mm-hmm. all abilities. Models. Yeah, I think that's a performance of choice feminism. And I think that's... Oh, how do yeah. you mean? They're all promoting that you can be sexy and you can be like beautiful whatever body Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. at the moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so they're like you can go in in the traditional way whatever body that you have it's not only this one type of body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you can be radical like they are radical in doing that I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's really hard because again it kind of shows this double-edged sword of how these marginalized bodies and marginalized genders races do kind of need to go with the capitalist system. They do need to grab those tools of being models and very much still feeding the the male gaze and the yeah, the very society like we're in. Feeling sexy, exactly. I mean, you can be sexy for yourself. You can be sexy for a woman like, or any gender, obviously. Yes, the trope just seems to have shifted towards. Oh, you're now free to be fetishized as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Before, it was only the white 
female cisgender woman Mm -hmm. who was like walking on the catwalk and now you're all free to join the party you know (laughs) but it doesn't actually well maybe that's the first step to like to give all the people the tools and then within that we can still change Mm -hmm. the very system itself yeah because I do think I agree with you somewhat but then also... I don't know if I agree with myself. <laughs> no, but that's like one pers- perspective. Like, I agree with the, the perspective that you're taking somewhat because I do think that is part of the way. Mm-hmm. And we should be free to be fetishized as well. Like, True. that's not like an altogether bad thing, I guess. No. Like, if you want to be fetishized, if you want to... Well, fetishized, that, that's probably never a good thing. But, you know, objectified, like sexualized. Yeah. I think that in it on its own in a snow globe it shouldn't be a bad thing but then i would say that these underwear brands and the people who work on the catwalk they aren't fetishized in the same way that white skinny women were mm-hmm. 30 years ago you yeah, know definitely yeah. like they're not in these stances of like you know those like acne models from like 2013 that would, were standing, like, as if they were very sick. Like, mm. almost, like, anorexic. Like, they were standing, no. like... Like, like, like the heroin chick. Yeah, like, heroin chick. We both chick. just completely <laughs> butchered that word. Chick. Heroin <laughs> chick. Um, you know how these people look very sick and, like, weak? Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what you're supposed to look like. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> yeah, like, naturally, just... This very um, submissive being. Uh, <laughs> I think that whole Victoria's Secret tangent we were just on kind of feeds into the whole post-feminism discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like, well, obviously, first, second, third wave um, have been fighting for equal rights. And now there seems to be this... Okay, maybe some people think we've reached equality. So that's why... Now we can indulge on these traditionally feminine um, things and we can, if we want to be housewives, we, we mm-hmm. can be housewives because if we really just personally want that and aren't influenced by culture itself, yeah, then it's totally okay to do it. And we can fetishize our images online. And I feel like there's been this, this move towards this post-feminist Mm-hmm. trope i guess and it's really interesting can i propose something so mm-hmm. we're gonna make a part two of this we mm-hmm. already decided this because mm-hmm. there's so much to talk about i feel like off the back of what you're saying we should be talking about these people who are moving into sexualization so like think of Billie eilish and her mm-hmm. vogue cover british mm-hmm. vogue cover from like last year two years ago maybe that's a good example um it's a very interesting example of someone who, I mean, she was underage and then she came into her age and she made this like 180 transition into this. Well, it's not really. And that's that's what I'm asking is, is that a 180 transition to go into this very traditional image of a woman? Mm-hmm. Or is it just another step in the way to real equality? Yeah. yeah. So... We're going to post some Instagram stories or maybe you can DM us. Um, Your we'll thoughts somehow, on issue. Yeah, somehow we'll make it uh, apparent on our Instagram where you can send in your thoughts about choice feminism and criticize what we've been saying in this mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. 
um, ask us questions, bring up an example, mm-hmm. anything you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you've watched, you've seen, a movie, some thoughts you've had yourself. Have you been going out wearing lipstick? Until Thursday, mm-hmm. we will look at these responses and then we'll kind of take them in. If you want to send us a voice message, please. That would be amazing. We'll feature <laughs> you as well. <laughs> Um, and we'll make it part two, kind of taking up the discussion and maybe finding an answer to how we can be a woman in this society, in this um, <laughs> neoliberal society, um, post-feminism, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Generally, how to be individuals in a patriarchal, neo-colonial system. And so we'll see you next Monday mm-hmm. with another episode. And we're excited to see if you have anything to say oh no please you have to to us please we'll be sitting next to our phones yelling out every time someone does send something yeah yeah i mean i'm so excited if if there's gonna be anything i will be so so grateful we accept letters as well our address (laughs) is okay pigeon mail (laughs) call us don't call me i hate when people call me please call me (laughs) I love when people call me. Okay, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And And we'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye.